Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. It's a Dapper Devil production, see? Hello and welcome to another episode of Glee, Glee. Aggressive. Aggressive. Um, my name is Karina. My name is Ian. And we are here today to talk to you about Season 1, Episode 15 of Glee, titled The Power of Madonna. The Power of Madonna. This originally aired April 20th of 2010. Spring. Oh, right after my dad's birthday, right not after, to brag or anything. Right after my brother's birthday. Um, Aww. I'm sure he watched it. He didn't. He was a child. Um, <laughs> so, first things first, I want to point out. Yes. Jane Lynch won an Emmy for this episode. Oh, yeah. deservedly so. Yeah. So, uh, that's a pretty big deal. Thank fucking God. This was oh like, my God. We're, we were into Emmy season around when this episode came out, so right. this was an Emmy award winning Jane Lynch. Um, and I don't know if you have the, um, like, the knowledge or the notes in front of you, mm-hmm. but like, was that, did it win other Emmys? Actually, I think I can tell you. Um, do, 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 do. This episode also won Outstanding Sound Mixing for a Comedy or Drama Series. Which, um... Fine. Not an exciting one. Glee definitely will, I think, win other Emmys, but... Sure. This was, I think, the big one. Um, I mean, shout out to my sound mixer friends. Um, yeah, another win for the sound team. There was some nominations for costumings and hairstyling and cool. makeup. But it looks like Jane Lynch might have been the only actress. I mean, we knew Diana Agron was almost, like was put in for an Emmy, but, uh... Right, we know that, like, she was submitted. Yeah. Before we go much further, so the episode title kind of gives it away, but I need to get a gauge before we go much further, which is how do you feel about Madonna in general? I mean, kind of ambivalent. Right? Like, Like, I mean, I know a lot of people who love Madonna. Me too! And I definitely, like, recognize, like, I guess, like, the symbol that she is. Yeah. I don't know, I guess, like, she's never been my cup of tea, and that's not to say that she's not, like, good or her music's not good. It's just... I don't really... I, it's just not for me. Yeah, I think I mostly discovered during this episode that I don't really care about Madonna, which is an unfortunate thing to discover in the middle of the episode that only sure. features Madonna music. I mean, I guess this was the first time I was really listening to, like, Madonna's lyrics, mm-hmm. and that was only because of, like... The content of this episode and what they were talking about from the whole female empowerment standpoint. Yeah. Which we'll get into, but, like, listening to it for the first time, I'm like, okay, cool. Like, I could see why people get into I can see why people love Madonna, but it ain't me. Same. Um, Um, But you know who does love Madonna? Sue Sue Sylvester. Sylvester. And she says it even when she knows she's in voiceover. Yes. Like, that's how we opened this episode, too, where she was like, Madonna was her icon growing up. Very out of nowhere for Sue to just be suddenly Madonna's number one stan, but valid, I guess. Fine, fine, yeah. I mean, who else would it be? I don't know. Um, Tweet at us if you have thoughts. Um, She gets her wish, which is to blast Madonna through the speakers. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's okay if the students don't learn or do well because Madonna never never finished college. Okay. And she thinks that they should encourage the students to do the same because Madonna showed up with 35 bucks in her pocket and is now Madonna. Yeah, but um, have we adjusted for inflation? Touche. How much was $35 worth in 
whatever year Madonna went to New York. Age unknown. Versus, <laughs> versus 2010. Yeah. Um, so this is Jane Lynch's episode and it's Madonna's episode. But also, yes. it's the girls' episode because we go to the choir room and it's, all the girls just happen to be there hanging out, having a little yes. downtime. And Rachel says, like, looks around all nervous and is like, can I ask you guys something pro- private? Which does prompt Santana to go, yes, you should move to Israel. Because Santana Which is... is doubling down on the Israeli jokes, huh? Yikes. Uh, I mean, like, I know to separate Naya Rivera from Santana, but, like, God, the playful anti-Semitism mm-hmm. is just bonkers. Um, also, not to backtrack or anything, but, like, I do love that, like, it's Sue Sylvester's, like, dream to pay homage to Madonna, which I'm surprised, like, she hadn't done that before in Cheerios. No. And then she encourages all of the, um, all of the Cheerios to date a younger man. Yes. And freshman, uh, freshman, this means you need to start trolling the middle school. Oh. Which is hilarious. Yeah, she's just all out Madonna this episode, which, like I said, out of nowhere, but volume. Valid. I like how this strayed from, like, problematic Sue Sylvester to just, like, one-track-minded Sue Sylvester. Yes. Just doing, like, the weirdest, funniest things. Also, Becky's here, and it's yeah. great. Um, really, I think the one-track-minded Sue is only cares about Madonna now is really just sort of lazy writing, and as much as Sue, who's a cartoon villain in a lot of ways, can be whatever they need her to be any given week. Yeah. Which is fine. I'll give you that. They wanted to do a theme episode. This is their first... Spoiler alert, this will not be their last themed episode. They needed... They're like, Madonna said you can use all of my songs, so they said, oh, we will use all of your songs. So... And I had that note, too, so... Yeah, um... This episode is built around a gimmick, and sometimes it works, but also you can tell that it was built around a gimmick. Right. But yes, the Glee Club girls are all talking together. Yes. um, Except Will comes in. Playful anti-Semitism, hold on. Because Rachel's hypothetical is she can't, she doesn't know that they're, they don't know that they're dating. So she just says, hypothetically, what if you were seeing a guy... And hypothetically, you went to a Wiggles concert last Friday night. Why the Wiggles? Hello? Why are we bringing the Wiggles into this? They didn't ask for this. Why did the Wiggles... Why... You are 17 years old, and your girlfriend is like, I want to go see the Wiggles. You break up with her. Yes. It's like that Tumblr meme that's like, oh, if she doesn't remember VHSs, you're too old. She's too young for you. If your girlfriend wants to go see the Wiggles live in concert, um she's too young for you but then i guess maybe he's also into the wiggles what is oh god because they go up to her room and make out afterwards and then to a chorus line they're making out to hello 12 hello 13 the montage number in a chorus yes oh my god is the opening yeah that's the opening to like the middle of a chorus line where it's just like a solid 20 minutes of them all talking about growing up and like their sexual like misadventures oh my god which is like it's so on brand so on brand, For very appropriate. Um, and yeah. Jesse St. James tries to uh, get get a little get a little closer with Rachel. A little frisky, yeah. And uh, she stops him because she wasn't expecting that. And, you know, he's an right. older guy. And so then he apparently leaves in a huff and he doesn't even take the Care Bear he won, she won for him while playing the skee-ball. And, <sighs> Jesus. And then um, I feel like everyone just gives her bad advice um, right. with how to deal with this. Santana's advice is just don't say no. And Brittany says, yeah, what's the worst that could happen? And then goes, sorry, Quinn. And then <laughs> Quinn's advice is please stop talking about this. You're making my baby sick. 
Yeah, um, which Mercedes I love that Mercedes is line. like, I know, I'll just be an angry black woman if someone tries to make me feel pressured. And, yeah, and then the writing... No, go on. And then Jenna was like, was it, uh, or Tina, yeah. rather. Was it Tina that was like, oh, no, because Tina has the whole thing about, like, um, Artie yeah. mistreating her. It might like, have been... Like, being all like, the goth look is so, like, two years yeah. ago. Like, if you want to get up on this, like, you gotta, like, change yourself. Like, all the writing in this scene felt like it just slightly missed the point. Yes. Because there was something to this whole, like, men don't treat women well because it's 2009 yeah. and the patriarchy. Right. It's But... The intentions are good, but it's not executed well. Um, this also annoyed me because it was similar to the to last episode where they were like, by the way, Rachel and Finn are dating now, and that happened in the recap. It was a right. throwaway line for Artie to say, by the way, I've forgiven you for the thing where you faked a stutter. And now yes. I want to date you again. Like, they didn't get any development about repairing that relationship. It just went straight to, oh, we're interested in each other again, except Artie's a male pig now, and I don't feel respected. Like, I kind of, like, I would have liked to have seen that, like, repairing relationship yes, stage. we all would have, but instead we're skipping that in favor of using them for a plot where the girls don't feel respected by boys. Also, this feels very out of character for Artie, who, like, when he was, like, super into Tina in that first episode was like, just to let you know, right. my peeper still works. <laughs> yeah, this is so and now not he's, like, Artie. a chauvinist, like, you need to wear tight clothing, it be more revealing. Mm. Yeah, it felt like Gross. everyone sort of changed who they were as a character to fit the narrative of girls not feeling respected and boys not understanding that they are being shitty to women. Again, right. um, because it was like a one, it felt like a one-off episode where Madonna was the theme and they needed everyone right. to fall in line with the, with the plot device. Which like, thank God Will is here to mansplain their boy trouble to them. First of all, why are we talking about losing your virginity when your teacher's in the room? Thank you. <laughs> Gross. Thank you. Um, yeah, he's there to talk about, hey guys, why do you feel bad about yourselves? And they're like, the patriarchy sucks. And he's like, <laughs> I know what will fix this. Madonna. <laughs> will, I, I literally wrote, so Will, wild. you cannot understand the trials or the tribulations of being a teen girl. Like, no. No, 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 no. Uh. And, and Will was like, have you tried talking to... Like, Miss Pillsbury about this, which, as we know, is a hot-button topic for her because last episode it was about the fact that, uh, Emma's never slept with someone. Right. And also, like, did they cut away to, like, Emma, like, not feeling equipped to deal with yes. this? Yes. She says, oh, second. this sounds like a conversation you should have with your mom. And Rachel goes, I have two gay dads. <laughs> I have two gay dads. And so her yeah, second choice was, was a... maybe your rabbi. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I don't think Rabbi Greenberg was yeah, it. Is it was like we want to have this conversation. Oh, something also, Jewish. Uh, I did, when I was typing my notes, I'm a lot faster. Pamphlet watch, which was yes. Oh my god, yes. Oh, wild, 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 wild pamphlets. <laughs> did you Karina, see them? Would you like to do the honors? Pamphlet yes. one, breastfeeding. How old is too old? Pamphlet two, help. I'm in love with my stepdad. Lee was ahead of its time. It was. So yeah, yeah. We, and now I guess Will brings out the thesis of this episode, which is. All right, this part this... made me angry. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay, well, also, like, this just reminded me of, like, when Annette Storkman on episode three said, Ryan Murphy has never spoken to a woman. Yeah. Because it... that's what this felt like. So the the basic build for this episode is Will overhears all the girls talking about how terrible they feel like they've been treated by all the various men in this school. 
And the solution Will comes up with is we need to sing Madonna songs to give the girls more confidence. The solution he does not come up with is we need to teach boys to respect women. Right. And that's where you lost me, Ryan Murphy, which is this is a problem we need to fix in the girls, not that we need to, like, fix in the boys. Well, and maybe that was, like, the whole thing that felt slightly off about it was, like, the solution is, like, you need to be more confident, not that, like, we have to address the major bullying problem in this school. We don't need to talk about, we don't need to address, like, there's talk about, like, and we get to it later where the boys are learning to empathize with women. But it's like, right. that's not what they're talking about. They're talking about how it's more about showing girls being empowered more so than not teaching boys to be shitty. And my next note is just, ooh, stilts. So. Yo, that combination was tight. <laughs> I love the stilts action. I did not know that song was Madonna. Me neither. Okay, cool. I feel better about myself. Yeah, then my, um, no- my note was, oh, I don't think I really care about Madonna. So. <laughs> but I like the um, stilts. This, I, like, that whole number was awesome, except I don't think those were the same cheerleaders as the first scene. And no, they never will be. It's whoever they can get, I think, for... Right. I don't think the cheerleaders, besides the ones we see who have speaking roles, are ever the same people. It's what people can you get who can dance, especially in a still number. Right. Yeah. And I guess that's all... Like, I, I don't want to say I understand why, but, like, there was a part of me that was like, they could have fit Becky into this number. I actually thought Becky was in the number at one point because one of the girls who was on stilts had a similar haircut. Um, I was like, that's what I was hoping. I don't know if it was her. I don't think it it was her. I don't even know if Brittany and Santana were necessarily in this number. They were. Okay, they were? Yes. Because my only thought was like, it just would have been tight to see Quinn in this number because of course I'm going to think that. Of course you will. Um, And then when they end, uh, Sue was like, sloppy freak show. Madonna is weeping. Yes. And then she also says, you think this is painful? I'm, cast- I'm passing a kidney stone <laughs> right stone now. as we speak. Um, so yeah, great. this was a great number. I love stilts, um, but I don't care about Madonna. More stilts, please. And so this Will sneak like doesn't sneak in. He comes and sees them rehearsing, and that gives him the idea to use Madonna as the catalyst for women's confidence. Right. And as he says this... All the men are like, I don't want to sing Madonna, she's a lady. Um, (laughs) Literally. Literally, that's what they say. As a dude, Madonna makes me uncomfortable. Will calls out the boys for being misogynist. Brittany says, when I hurt my hamstring, I went to a misogynist. (laughs) Yes. Because, uh, also because Finn was like, I don't know what that word means. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Will goes like, you're being rude and disrespectful, and I hate to say it, but misogynistic. I'm like, why do you hate to say it, Will? Why does it... Why does it hurt you so yeah, much we'll to point out misogynism? Go on, Will. But this brings me to my second question for you. I have three questions mm-hmm. prepared. Um, Ooh. One was, how do you feel about Madonna? This is the second one, which is, Finn says, yeah, can't we sing the guy version of Madonna? And they make some joke about, like, who would that be? Oh, this name I don't remember, so it clearly wasn't funny. But who do you think is the guy version of Madonna? Does that exist? I mean... Short answer, no, but if I had to, like, make... I feel like... I feel like anybody, I would say, would be, like, both a slight on Madonna and a slight on them. Because, like, the first person that comes to mind, in a way, is Prince, just for, like, the iconography of it all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could see that. Prince's music is, like, iconic, but, like, it's not a comparison. No. And I guess in the Glee universe, where Madonna represents female empowerment, is, like... 
the idea of there needing to be a solo male musician to represent male empowerment seems the the only song I can think the only two songs I can think of mm-hmm. about male empowerment are this one song from The Wedding Singer the musical <laughs> <laughs> Okay, okay. Continue. Which I sat through at Jenna Kate Carnes High School with her and what as this was going on went what is going on? And then um, the Killers released a song called Man mm-hmm. sometime in the past five years, which is very good. And it's like, I don't know, like it's a, like sort of about self-empowerment, but not like in, but like there's no, like it's the patriarchy, guys. Yeah. Like men don't need self-empowerment. There doesn't need to be yeah. a male Madonna because that's just yeah. the music industry. <laughs> exactly. That's, yeah, that's just the societal structure in which we live. Yay! Um, <laughs> uh, okay, well, So instead Kurt they do Mercedes. a Oh, yeah, Kurt Sadies yeah. is wanting to do a multimedia project because they both love Madonna that much. Great. Rachel launches them into Express Yourself, um, which is fun. I didn't realize I didn't know this song. Um, so this is the song that was controversial in, like, 2000, I think, Sometime between 9 and 12, Why? when Lady Gaga released Don't Be a Drag, Just Be a Queen, okay. Don't Be a Drag, that Just Be a Queen. That is my number, my note, which says, this song sounds like Born This Way. Thank you for feeding me the name of that song, because I just genuinely forgot. Um, I don't know if Lady Gaga sampled it or, like, just paid homage to Madonna, because that's a whole thing. But, like, there was a whole controversy where, like, Lady Gaga might have stolen Express Yourself. Okay, they sound um, basically the same and have similar themes, basically, which is exactly. Be Yourself. So exactly. Oh, I didn't even think about that. I was thought I I don't know why I yeah. was like, oh, my my sensitive music ears are right picking up on something. But it's cool to see like the ladies all like doing a number together, kind of like cheering each. I say cheering each other on a lot, but yeah. like doing exactly that. Tina showing a little skin. Yeah. Okay. Um, the thing that annoyed me about this number is uh, because the costuming probably wouldn't work. That Quinn's just basically not allowed to be pregnant in this number. Like, she's wearing an extremely tight-fitting corset, and she's definitely supposed to be several months pregnant, so... Well, that's why, like, I... At first, I was like, is this, like, like, a musical, like, time standstill, like, a a theater performance number? And then, no, because the dudes are in the audience, and Will's like, that's what I'm talking about! I was like, oh, it's not diegetic, so she she doesn't have to be pregnant in her imagination. But then I was like, oh, wait, no, this is literal now. Fun fact, this is an episode I have seen. Really? Yeah, like, I totally forgot about it. And I don't know why of all the episodes I've seen this and I saw from the last episode. I remember, um, I remember, uh, Gives You Hell, but I don't Mm -hmm. think I saw that whole episode. Interesting. Anyway, but this one I remember seeing the whole thing because I remember the whole plot line with, like, Finn, Brittany convinces Santana to take Finn's virginity. Yes. As, like, we start to see, like, the ladies in the school, like, cosplay more and more as madonna love britney with um, the madonna hair don't like that she makes a joke about dating a seven-year-old well i do i i do like that santana says like you're as sexy as a cabbage patch kid mm-hmm. to finn yes i was like finn why would you even consider going out with santana again and then i my secondary right? note to that was is it just because she's hot probably mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. like it is fun watching santana be just like a power bitch yeah there's just something fun about watching that mm-hmm. um I have the I just have the quote like she's like a cat in heat she practically sprayed the choir room oh. that was wild yes about like because because she can like, tell of that of course Santana yeah, knows that yeah Rachel and that Jesse Rachel are still is together 
Because of the Wiggles concert, yes. Because of the Wiggles concert. It all comes back to the Wiggles. Santana just marches up to Finn and is like, you, me, we're doing it. Right. Like, no preamble. Just like, she does say, she's like, let me take your virginity. And she says, it's, and then she says, like, it's win-win. And then says two things that are about, like, it'll boost my reputation. And I don't remember what the second thing was, like. Help either it was either maybe destroy Glee Club or no I think it was probably like get me into head cheerleader, and yes and he yes. says what do I get out of it and she's yeah. like no it was win win for me, for me yeah, <laughs> so she's not she's being very straightforward about what this means. Meanwhile, Sue tells Emma she doesn't deserve the power of Madonna yes. because she has all the sensuality of one of the pandas at the zoo who refuses to mate. True bars, uh, insulting and let's. Let's not shame people, Sue, but it's Sue Sylvester, so what am I expecting? Also, it means that if there's an important announcement, uh, Emma just can't hear it, which is dangerous. Oh, yeah. Yup. Yeah. Because Sue disconnected her intercom so she couldn't listen to Madonna. Right. Which means if they go into lockdown, she'll never know. Well, she might pick up on the context clues, because I feel like Madonna mm-hmm. would suddenly stop for a lockdown. <laughs> uh, I would hope. I, th- of all things, that's the one thing I don't want to think too hard about. No, don't. Um, so yeah, I forgot that Finn and Rachel are technically co-captains of this Glee Club. Sure. Finn knows- now Finn knows that Jesse and Rachel are dating. And he's a jealous baby. And he's a jealous fucking baby. Ian, Ian, are you team Finn or team Jesse? Oh, um, I hate this. You have to pick one. You have to pick one. Like, for Rachel or just in general? For Rachel right Mm, now. Jesse. Yeah. Like, that- And just- (laughs) And in general- I guess Jesse. Like, yeah, that's the right answer. At least they're like I don't know. Like Jonathan Groff does so much with like so little. I just love watching him act. I mean, Jonathan Groff he is does. an American treasure. He is. Love to see him in things. He genuinely talented dude. Very kind dude. Cute as a button. Um, and then we have this Madonna mashup song. Borderline. That's the song Borderline. I know. Borderline. Um, this. And, like, I mentioned it last episode because I was confusing Mm -hmm. my two episodes, but, like, this is where I was like, okay, this could have been a show about, like, a cool drummer who sings yeah, being that kind of, like, backbone of the Glee Club. To me, like, if you're the drummer who, like, leads the Glee Club, like, that, to me, is more powerful than, like, this, like, pseudo-rock star guy that they do a terrible job with because, like... They keep on saying that Finn is this, like, leading man, tough guy, yes, machismo, foot, captain of the football team, which, yes, he's captain of the football team, but, like, I get none of the other, like, I never thought of him as a tough guy. I never thought of him no. as, like, yeah, he looks like a leading a man. He, he was never a rock star until he was playing the drums. Um, right. So, yeah. But the number was cute. I was gonna, I have a similar thing, which is, like, Finn is so much better at emoting when he's drumming. Yeah. Like, you can feel what he's feeling while he's playing the drums so much more than when he's just singing, which is wild. Like, the way that, like, Leah Michelle is just totally in her own element singing rain on, Don't Rain on My Parade. Yeah. Finn is just, uh, or, um, Corey Monteith is just so in his element when he's playing the drums. Yeah. I really liked it. Yeah. And then my next note was, wait, this song's a mashup. Yes. Because it is. Yes. Um, I think it works. A lot of the times, Glee mashups aren't really mashups as much as they are two songs being sung side by side. Right. What were the two songs here? Borderline? It's Borderline and Open Your Heart. Yes. Open Your Heart. Yes. Um, and then they run through the library and Finn knocks, knocks a bunch of books off the shelves, which I think is pretty rude. 
Yeah. Who's going to pick those up, bud? <laughs> um, right. And it's a fine song, but at the end, they're, like, back in the choir room, and they're circling the piano, and Brad, the piano player, looks, like, genuinely happy to be playing this song oh, and watching this performance. Good for Brad. Because normally he doesn't emote a lot, so I was like, oh, Brad loves Madonna. I mean, we love that for my, him. My, my note here is I want the spinoff show that is just this whole fucking series, but from the accompanist's point of view. Brad, POV. Yes. And then they end the song by doing some like emotional heavy breathing right. which i don't really like I was gonna, uh, yeah. but i know why it's happening like, oh there's some tension they're like panting in each other's faces because they both think the other one's hot right um um then will comes back with the florist florence henderson retort um which was pr- solid yeah um Sue does say to him, I lost my train of thought because you have so much margarine in your hair. Which is funny. Which was my favorite of all the hair jokes <laughs> um, that were made in this these episodes. Yes. Yeah, and then Will makes a joke about something about her settings on her Floby. And normally what I do is when they make a joke that I don't understand, I Google it. So I Googled a Floby. And Ian, I don't know if you have a way to op- like Google something right now, but Google a Floby, it answered none of my questions. <laughs> Like F L O W B E. Look at Google Images F-L-O-W-B-E? and tell me if this what E two E's, Flow B. Doesn't sound exactly like it is. Oh, it's some sort of hair care product. Sure, but what the fuck is it? Well, when I search Flow B, I get four different things right away. I get this man vacuuming his hair. That was one of the first ones. What? It's I, some sort of. I have children's vacuum hair trimmers. That's oh for forty dollars on. What Wish. is it? Um, I mean, I guess, like, I guess in this context, it's about the whole vacuuming up your hair of it all. Which didn't make it make more sense. So I was like, oh, I'll look up a Floby and understand why that joke is funny, and it didn't help. I guess, yeah. What is a Floby? Right in. This is a joke I don't understand. I mean, I guess, like, just based um, on the context clues, I'm like, okay, well, like, Will's whole thing is his hair, so he's gonna make fun of, uh, the Sue Sylvester's short hair by saying, like, it looks like you vacuumed it off or something? I don't I know. Guess. Something, there must be some zeitgeist about a Flobie, which is when you styled your hair with a Flobie, it looked a certain way, and it probably got made fun of, but right. it's too far gone that we don't know it, so. Um, side note, how much money do we think Ryan Murphy paid to license all of Madonna's music? I wonder if I can tell you, because like I said, Madonna willingly gave up the gave yeah. gave up the music. In 2009, Madonna granted rights to her entire catalog of music. Okay, so um, they might not even have had to pay, but also she was apparently very cooperative. He she's worked with Ryan Murphy before. Of course, that I don't even know. I don't know why I ask because that makes the most sense. But Sue walks away in a tantrum, which is great. Um, yeah, she feels insulted. Yeah, um, Sue throwing a tantrum is always funny. And then we we learn her backstory in a way, which was her parents were Nazi hunters, which is wild. Sure. I love it. It explains a lot. Growing up, Madonna was was Sue's icon, so she and her, um, and her sister uh, tried bleaching Sue's hair, and it got so botched that she's had with to wear it short ever since. Um they tried bleaching her hair with napalm. That part's important. And also, Sue says she is 29. Yes. Um, and because she's telling the story to Kurt and Mercedes, who come in because they are willing to give Sue a makeover. Yes. And as they say, Mercedes is black and Kurt is gay. They, they know make culture, culture, yeah. Which, um, I mean, which is not complete. I mean, honestly, not completely untrue because, uh, like, gay, black, and Jewish is the makeup of musical theater yes. as we know it. So. 
That's a joke that I clocked that would be funny if it had been written by not only a gay man, but also maybe a black woman. Right. But it was only 50% represented in that writer's room. But yeah. could be worse. It I could guess. be worse. Low bar. Um, um, clandestine meeting with Jesse is my next thing. In the Sondheim, in the Sondheim department, department. Because this was... Here's the thing. I love this. Yeah. Jesse... So we know Jesse has some weird scheming things because of the prolonged eye contact with Adina Menzel at the end of last episode. Right. But it doesn't feel like everything he's doing is part of his scheme. Right. Unclear at this point. But at this point, it was just Jesse recognizing that he pushed his girlfriend too far and being the first one to apologize. Which, the bar for men is low in this show. So he is soaring over I it. totally forgot about that point because everything about the scene was another hilarious unintentional satire yes i was everything about it was just so fucking funny to me i also like where he goes do you still have my care bear right <laughs> which i'm just like damn rachel and jesse are perfect for it's each true other. yeah it's good it's so good and then jesse basically is a decent person and is like i shouldn't have pressured you do you still have my care bear when you are finally ready i'm gonna make sure i treat you right he says all the very charismatic things you want to hear a guy say. I already forgot that there was a whole losing Rachel your virginity plotline in this. I do not know how you could forget. We will get there. It, exactly, um, exactly. This hit all of my teenage girl feels where I just like seeing people happy. Yeah. In, I mean, like... In high school relationships. Yeah, I, I, I do appreciate that as well. Um, in the Sondheim department. Oh, no, I was about to jump ahead. But then we get to the Vogue project... Well, oh, but before even that, oh, yes. there's a little tidbit, which is will become important br- briefly, which is Emma feeling disparaged that Sue said she wasn't powerful enough to listen to Madonna. Yes. Accosts Will in the hallway, because it's always in the hallway, in and the- announces that she's going to come over to his house and have sex with him yes. that night. And like not only like in the middle of the is- hallway, like on the staircase... During passing period, there was kids around. There were definitely kids around when Emma flat out said, like, we're going to do the nasty tonight at 7.30 p.m. Um, very prompt. So, very prompt. Uh, I, I just said, she's like, oh, she's going to try to do that to solve her problems? That's not healthy. Nope. nope. But we'll get to those consequences. Because then we get to the real gimmick of, of it all. Right. Like, this episode was built around this, which is a shot-for-shot remake of the Vogue music video with Jane Lynch's Madonna. Which I loved. It was very good. I hope we get to see more of Jane Lynch singing mm-hmm. going forward. Because I think, like, she's an underrated singer. Like, she was on Broadway yeah. in musicals. Like, even in other movies doing musicals. Like, she is so fucking talented. I wonder when they hire people, even if they're hiring them for a, what they're calling a not singing role, they want them to have the chops because at any moment they any Glee character could get a song. I mean, I could Im- I guess I could imagine them being like, no, hire them, they're right for the role, and then being like, no, everyone's going to sing now. And then, like, your Cory yes. Monteith's, your Gemma Mazes going like, um... Not what I signed well, up for. Cory Monteith, they had no excuse because he was a he was the lead male vocalist of the Glee Club. Right. They just had a hard time finding that. But yeah, Jamie Mays was probably like, oh, you need me to do a song? I wasn't aware. Um, and Ryan Murphy was like, he, deal with it. Yeah, basically. Um, um, it's very good. It's a good number. Kurt Sadie's is very cute in it. Yeah, it's great. They change a couple lyrics around to be Sue Sylvester related. Will Schuster, I, I hate recommend. you. That was great. Yes. And then they... Look it up. 
Watch yeah. it. It's nice. The quick cutaway to Kurt and Mercedes responding to that line was hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, so, question, because you would know better than I would. Was Mike Chang in here? Mm, not that I noticed, but that might not be true because I was watching. I don't think he was because I was like, I was watching. I'm like, who are these boys and why are they not Mike Chang? Because like, I feel like at least he would have been down for like this shot for shot remake, especially because like Britain Santana ended up in there as well. Right. No, I think it probably wasn't, but I will double check. Right. On, on YouTube to see, but I didn't notice him immediately, but I wasn't watching as carefully as I normally do. It would be a waste if it wasn't, but I wouldn't believe it right. as well. Then we go, like, immediately right away. There is no pause no between pause. Vogue ending and Like a Virgin starting. So, okay. Um, of course Rachel is dressed up like Sandy from Greece to lose her virginity. Yes. And of course Jesse looks like an alt Danny. Yes. Love it. This 10 out of 10. was so wild to me. This was also, to me, this whole number was, like, the worst PG version of that contact song from Rent, and I hated it. Yes! It had, like, low contact from Rent energy. Yeah, it's as close to an orgy as they can show on screen. Exactly. And, like, it could have all been Um, Santana and would have been awesome. The things I will give this scene credit for, first of all, I didn't listen closely enough to the song. Does this song make sense in this situation about people singing about... Losing their virginity? I, I didn't. That I'm not sure. I didn't pay enough attention to these lyrics. I feel like it's not. Um, But I liked that all three of the couples, because it's intercut between Rachel, Emma, and Santana, Finn. Yeah. Well, it's really about Rachel, Emma, and Finn, right. the three virgins, singing and kind of duetting with their respective sex partners. Right. So Rachel and Jesse... And, Ray, and Emma and Will, and then Finn and Santana. And so you see, I give them credit for one thing, which is not a hard thing. It was very obvious, but they do a cool thing with lighting. They put all the girls in, like, lilac, all the boys in all dark colors black. Yes. But Santana and Finn are in this, like, bathed in red light. So Santana's almost always in a, like, red light. Yeah. To show her sensuality. And then we find out at the end of this sort of scene that out of all three of those couples, Santana and Finn are the ones who actually go through with it. So you can see the sort of foreshadowing there. Um, And also, this is kind of our first hint of Santana really getting almost a solo. Yeah. So. Um, Also, where were Rachel's parents? Where were Rachel's dads? Uh, Her dads are not home, I guess. Fine. Maybe they were at the Wiggles concert. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, because it's clear that Finn and Santana go to, like, a motel, which is... Right. Rachel seems independent enough. Um, sure. So we cut back to the school after. Like, right. we end, like, a virgin on an ambiguous note. Yes. Where everyone is just... Fin- like, they've sung the song non-diegetically, and now it's time to do the deed. Right. And Sue... Because my note is Sue doesn't need a makeover. She's just powerful enough. Right. And also a cone bra. <laughs> I just, I have that same exact note. She also mm-hmm. has a list of the kids she wants to be set, uh, shipped off to New York with 35 bucks in their pocket. It's all the Glee kids. That's very clever. But turns out Rachel didn't do it. Like, she didn't lose her virginity yes. for the team. Because um, of the team. Well, not because of the team. Well. But, um, so, yeah, Rachel... So here's another thing I was confused about. Again, I shouldn't be asking too much of Glee, but Finn and Rachel meet back in the choir room and are like, knew somehow knew did they talk about that's what i was wondering everyone was planning to lose their virginity 
they they like are like oh how was your date and the word date is very loaded as if to imply that right um everyone knew about the virginity losing pact that they were having which i mean i guess it wouldn't surprise us anyway right but rachel and finn both they both lie to each other but opposite so very dramatic but rachel tells finn oh yeah it was a great date no big deal i don't even know why i was worried and then we cut to her hiding in the bathroom and my favorite line of the episode which was we cut to just like jesse knocking on our bathroom door and saying come on just come out so we can talk or at least sing about it (laughs) yep which when i'm like they're perfect for each other for each other and she basically comes out and says what she wants to say is, I can't do this because I'm not ready because I'm still kind of hung up on Finn. Right. But what she says is, I can't do it because of the team. Because of the team. The, I'm betraying the team. And also she says one real thing, of, like one iota of truth in this, which is she says, I would also be betraying myself because yeah. she's not ready to have sex with him. Right. And that's like very mature in her being honest. She's lying about the other thing, but she's being honest about that. Right. And I give her props. Right. Um, and then... But then... Yeah, then yeah. Finn... Um, we found out that he actually did go through with it. Santana just wants a burger, so Finn's gonna have to drive her to a burger joint. But Finn is all, like, weird about it, because I guess Santana was like, how do you feel? And he was like, I feel, I don't don't feel feel anything, anything because it didn't mean anything. And it's like, yeah, there you go, buddy. Sad. So That's a bummer. I I liked that. Yeah. Honestly, it was very depressing, but I liked... I like that, like, they lie to each other, but they lie the opposite. Yeah, me too. I like that, And also, it's a little gender role flippy in their lie that the girl, uh, the girl character was like, yeah, I did it, no big deal. And the boy was like, oh, I couldn't go through with it, even though it turns out they were actually opposite and within their gender roles. Yeah. So, Emma, we also find out in the next scene, did not go through with it. And Will is like, no, it's okay, because you took control of your body, and, like, you had borders and stuff, or boundaries and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, these are my sex borders. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag sex borders. Um, sex borders. Um, he says some smart things here, which is basically like, I need to respect my boundaries of not being with anyone until my divorce has gone through, and we've talked about this, and you need to... But then he always follows it up with, you need to get your OCD under control basically right. and i always feel a little weird when will decides he's the person who has to be in charge of maybe that's what felt of off about her. that for me um also like anytime they talk about that it makes me feel weird yeah i i don't love that we're falling back into like another pattern of like will has to like relearn and relearn again to like spend some time alone with himself for himself yeah oh yeah i have the same yeah. old, i have the literal same old like note as you said in all caps about you need to take care of your problems um, mm-hmm. But then all of a sudden he knows the benefits of, like, what's involved in their employment, which, like... I mean, he should. He should, but so should Emma. So, like... Yeah. Take a seat, Will. I mean, I don't know what all of my my EAP offers. I should, but I don't, because I don't use it. Um, I guess if I was looking into it, I might learn. Right. But it's still, it's weird. Um, I never like when he tries to play counselor. No. Um, no, it's uncomfortable. Um... But Jesse shows up, surprise, he now is in the Glee Club because he lives with his uncle who lives in town. And he transferred to McKinley just so he could be with Rachel. Yeah. Ian, Ian, it's so cute. It is very, very, very sweet, not at all suspicious. Not at all, he's giving up, he's, Rachel means more to him than another national championship, Ian. I mean, 
I have to disagree because well, I guess I would move. I guess I would move to the other side of Ohio for Adina Menzel, but different story. Um, <laughs> but then where? Um, but then I would be leaving that side of Ohio from Quinn. No. Yeah, you can only have. I can one. only have one. No. Ah, oh, Sophie's choice. <laughs> um, my next note is all caps. This... Mercedes said it, so we don't have to. Yeah. Yeah. Because all the Glee kids are like, we don't want like Finn. They're like, oh, but he transferred school, so it's legit. And they're like, even so, that's just one more person for you to pick over the rest to do of solos us. over us. And Mercedes says, word for word, you just like to trot me out to wail on the last note. And I was like, yes, that's it. Yes, bitch. Yep. You th- you're saying what we're all thinking. Yeah. It's so true. And like Kurt, um, Kurt made a great point of like he's already having a hard enough time like getting anything. Yeah. So with this other traditionally white male lead, yeah. Kurt's really just in the in the lurch. Right. Um, and then Brittany says, Mr. Shoe is here, son, which was really funny. <laughs> and then the shot, like, the look that Jesse gives Will after that, which is, like, looking at him being like, we do look alike, we're dressed exactly the right. same. Like, it could be. Uh-huh. Um, it's very, very funny. Yeah. And then we, like, basically smash cut to another musical number. Oh, baby. I guess we're listening to four minutes now. Man. And I loved it. And who's singing Four Minutes? Kurt Sadies. Kurt Sadies. They're on the Cheerios now, but they're the duo we deserve. Yeah, and, like, that's the whole, like, I mean, like, to their credit, after the number, they tell Will, like, we went where there was an opportunity for us to shine. And then, yeah. and then also, well, well, then my sub note was like, now give Santana Sanders. some shit. Um, my note was that it's funny that the Kurt and Mercedes have essentially switched parts in this, which is, I think Mercedes is singing the Justin Timberlake part and Kurt is singing the Madonna part. Really? Um, I think so. I did not <laughs> catch that. Which makes sense. Cause like Mercedes is going to veer more towards your R and B or hip hop. Yeah. And Kurt is going to sing your lady part. Your lady part. Um, <laughs> um, but it works. It's a good Yo, Mix. everything Cheerios, about this, have... like everything about yeah. this number was so incredible to me. Like even Quinn was enjoying it. I wish she wasn't pregnant in this case so she could be part of it. Yeah. Um, like it would have been cool to have like Santana and Brittany featured in a way. Right. But this was Mercedes and Kurt's moment. Exactly. And like we love that for them. Absolutely. Like I'm not complaining. Like this. Like oh god, this number was so fucking tight. It was great and. Will is, yeah, Will's all indignant, and but their reasons are solid. And then Sue calls Kurt future center square. Um, <laughs> which is a very funny joke. Yeah. Um, um, all I, yeah, so. Yeah. Go on. Oh, yeah, go. Well, I guess um, the boys are, like, around a piano singing a Madonna song. And all I could to think. To learn a lesson. Yeah, and all I could think was Kurt, Kurt is so little. I know, he is so little. Like, I felt like Bert in that moment. Yeah, they're all trying to learn a lesson because they're singing what it feels like to be a girl right um and puck is all like this is dumb i don't want to be a girl and finn is like that's because you've never had to be um which is like almost insightful but never quite lands <laughs> right um like the lesson they're trying to say is you don't know how hard it is because you all benefit from the patriarchy but it just doesn't doesn't quite land i feel like and eh. and not that this is an excuse i feel like fox hollywood network television did not have that vocabulary yeah and like not that that excuses it but like yeah everyone's there and like they're like will why are you singing with us and it's basically like i too need to learn to drink respect women juice right um <laughs> uh kurt calls himself an honorary girl Which, to try to be like this is question what did you think about mm-hmm. tina's like little feminism rant 
I mean, I didn't. It didn't feel earned, but right? like not in as much as Tina didn't earn it. It's that the show didn't earn it. Yes, like Tina deserves to be treated respectfully, and I'm sure she had those feelings bubbling up inside of you or inside of her. But the show didn't show us any of it, so it just felt like she was exploding on Artie out of nowhere. Right, and we didn't. The plot of Tina and Artie consisted of about a minute and a half of screen time, where at first it's Artie being a dick, then Tina exploding on him in feminism, and then them making up and being together, I guess. Right. I mean, I will so, say the apology scene, which, like, comes right after, that scene yeah. is cute. It's cute, and I totally buy that Artie would be the first one of those boys to sort of embrace us having a second of a change of heart. Absolutely. Um, I think him saying I would get down on one knee if I could is a bit, laying on a bit much there, but I guess they're high school boys, and... Yeah. Everything's gonna be a little more dramatic. Artie was basically like, I would treat you as a person, and that was all he needed to do, which is why, again, the bar is just so, so low, but... (laughs) Again, flying over it. So then, like, Finn goes to apologize, and we're back to this whole, like... (laughs) Sorry, because also, like, this scene... It's coming, Ian. talk about it again. Finn goes to apologize to Rachel in the hallway. Which, um, which, like, it's annoying because he, again, like, he's like, I guess I'm such a tough guy, and we're like, nobody's saying this. No one's saying that about you, sir. And then Jesse St. James appears almost out of nowhere. He literally sidles up to Rachel, like, he pops into a frame, like, he knows where his mark is. Yes. he does. And go, and goes, okay, you and me, Sing off, three, parking lot, 3 p.m., and I howled for minutes. I can't believe you didn't even, like, my favorite part of that. So, first of all, Go on he's because- like, our sing-off is inevitable, and we need to establish a venue. Hilarious. And he goes, sing off, well, 3 p.m. Before you get, Rachel- before you get to that, I had to rewind it a third time after I sent that video to you because I yeah. sent Karina a video of me laughing my ass off at that moment. And then when I watched it again, I laughed my ass off even more because of what you're about to tell us. So he declares that their sing-off is inevitable, and Rachel goes, No! <laughs> because of course she does. She laughs like this choked up, like, no. This is everything Rachel Berry has ever wanted in her life, which is two boys declaring a sing-off for her love. <laughs> And it's so dramatic. It's like, it's like Jesse just said they were going to go duel. Yes. That was the seriousness in which she reacted to that information. Because in Rachel Berry's mind, a sing-off in the parking lot is the equivalent of a gun duel where one of them will die. Exactly. And that's like also definitely the seriousness with which Jesse treated this. And yes. I don't know if Glee was in on the joke or not with this, but I, I don't care. Were, but it was so that's- fucking funny. I love their Jesse St. James material because since he is essentially a male ma- R- Rachel Berry, they can play off each other's, like, it's just one more person who understands the drama of the situation that they are in. Right. And something about it being balanced between two characters makes Rachel a lot more palatable. Absolutely. Um, it's like someone else who lives in her world makes her look a lot less crazy. It, it definitely, um, it definitely like, uh, grounds it or equalizes it a bit yeah. more because it's not like this one, like, disparate character 
in an otherwise grounded universe, which, like, let's be real, nothing in here is grounded, but nothing whatever. Um, they, Rachel and Jesse both live in a world where announcing that they're having a sing-off in the parking lot at three is a life-or-death situation, and it's amazing. Um, oh Finn doesn't, God. like, take the bait, though. Finn is just like, oh, no, we're happy to have you in the club. I was tired of being the only male lead. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> Do the sing-off, Finn. <laughs> Do the sing-off, Finn. <laughs> Damn. We could have had something here. Oh, man. I would have enjoyed that episode exponentially more, and I actually like this episode. But instead, we just end on another and boring I was going to say, number. instead, Finn is just kind of, as my friend would say, a baby back bitch. He's just a jock about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, then we get to, like, a prayer. Which is how we end the episode. It's fine. Okay. Yeah, it's the last thing. This was it's another fine. song during which I went through a whole fucking journey because I think I even mentioned it in a previous episode. When mm. I was working at the container store at around the time <laughs> when this episode came out, this song played no less than 15 times during an overnight. Oh, no. It's and terrible. By the, I hate to see it. By the, end of the ep- by the end of the night, I was livid, not only because I had stayed up all night with people that I didn't particularly know or at the end of the day care for. But that song mm-hmm. played so fucking much. But then as the song was going on, I was like, oh, okay, Kurt with the f- falsetto. All right, yes. choir. Okay, Santana being front and center. Ah, Yes. Like, it won me back. Mercedes sounded great on this number. Kurt sounded great on this number. Was, they had a choir. Okay. It was excellent. And they're I all just like song. partying with each other. Like, this is what I want. Yeah, it was a pretty good number. I don't know if it was my favorite of the night, but, like, again, it's just Glee ending on a big show choir number. That's what they're going to do now. You know, okay. it worked. It worked. Bottom line for this episode, not enough Quinn for my liking. Fair enough. And then that's it. They end on, like, a prayer. They're wearing maroon. There's a choir. I mean, yeah, everyone it's looked okay. everyone looked great in the maroon, too. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. A little bit of, like, dueling male lead between oh Finn and Jesse, which, you know, where I'm sure... <laughs> Do this thing off. We're gonna go somewhere. I'm so fucking mad. Um, <laughs> we could have we could have really done something there. So, um, I hope you like Madonna, Ian. Um, I mean, well, because I guess like over the course of the episode, I like I appreciated Madonna a little more just because I was like kind of just listening to the lyrics for the first time. Yeah. So cool. But. If you are going to add one of these Madonna songs to your vast collection of Lee iTunes downloads, which of these songs are you going to go for? Four minutes. Yeah. I actually think I'm going to go for the... Four minutes was good. Four minutes slapped, and that's a good song. But I actually really liked the mashup of Borderline and Open Your Heart, even though it's a Finn Rachel song, and I typically don't care about right. those. Right. It was solid. I liked both of those songs, and it was a pretty solid mashup. It surprised me that it was a mashup, but I enjoyed it. The music in this episode was overall solid. Yeah. Um, but, Ian, I'm now going to spring my third surprise oh, question. Oh, right. Yeah, hit me. Which is, we so we asked something similar of this to our guests, so I'm going to throw it on you. Is there a Madonna song that you wish was in this episode? Follow up. Can you name another Madonna song? <laughs> oh, God. I feel like... <laughs> they basically did all the hits, so... They did all the hits. So, I don't know. Like, I, f- I feel like... Uh, I'm trying to remember... Oh, uh, you know what? I'm surprised <laughs> they didn't do music by Madonna. 
Yeah. Which, like... When did that come out? That came out in, like, early, either early 2001-ish or, like, late 1998-9-ish. That should be... That is surprising that that was not on there. And I think I would have liked to have seen that because that's a solid song. Yeah, that's a very reasonable answer. Yeah. I'm, like, now I'm just, like, trying to, like... I'm just trying to think of what are other Madonna songs. Um, I wish... Yeah, please tell us. Um, I wish that Glee had decided to do Madonna's song that is her take on the Iraq war called American Life, in which she rhymes the word latte with body. What? Uh, So Madonna, in 2003, released an album called American Life, (sighs) which is all about her, like, emotional response to the Iraq war. Fine. And the title song is called American Life. The music video was supposed to be this, like, graphic, like, art piece about war and the dangers of war, but she got scared or was told not to do it, so then she copped out of the, like, the emotional video. And the song lyrics are just nonsense, because one of them is, I order a soy latte, it goes right through my bate, and then you know I'm satisfied, because she's, like, rapping on it. And it's not good, but I sure would love to secretly try that one. <laughs> Absolutely. How are you going to do this? How are you going to talk about the Iraq War, Glee? Oh, man. I mean, it, it, it wasn't too far off. Um, that is not a real answer, um, but I couldn't stop thinking about it when I, mean, I was watching this. I mean, I think that is the right answer. You can't rhyme latte with body. No. But like, she did, because she's Madonna. Even, like, as a singer-songwriter who, like, will do an imperfect rhyme, that's that's too much of a stretch. Oh, yeah, music came out in 2000. I am surprised that. Because they did what it feels like for a girl on that same album. Also, oh. I, a real answer is I would have liked to hear a Glee cover of Ray of Light, not just the... Um, I don't know if I know that one. You probably do. I think it's one of her, like, but I couldn't sing any of it. I couldn't, like, give you any of it now, but when I listen to it, I'm like, oh, okay, it's that one. Right. I mean, that's how I am with apparently most Madonna songs. (laughs) Me too. Yeah. Um, But that was it. That was my... Yeah. That was my surprise third question. It was fun. That was a fun one. Yeah, go listen to American Life by Madonna and think about the Iraq War. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. All right. Well, that was episode... Season 1, episode 15, yeah. Season 1, episode 15, The Power of Madonna. We've done it. (laughs) Go team. Um, If you would like to follow the show, you can find the show on social media at at GleeAggressive. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram. You can also contact us in long-form essay um, via email to GleeAggressive at gmail.com. The lines are open. We're awaiting your feedback. Yes, please. Ian, if people want to find you... If you want to find me, you can find me at ibroski on Twitter and Instagram and at uh, enjbrodsky.com. And, um, well, I guess I'm on TikTok at ibrods. Um, if that's... Uh, <laughs> what about you, Karina? Yeah, that's a, that's the mood. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at epicadventureof. And, regrettably, if you want, you can try to find me on TikTok. Yeah, well... Maybe you can guess where I am. You know, it's... I love TikTok, so I can't even be really mad about it. But also, one of my friends was like, you've ruined my algorithm because now I'm seeing Glee content. And I'm like, yeah, Oh, fuck yes. um, We appreciate you listening. Um, If you would like, you can always rate, review, and subscribe to the show. Tell your friends. 
share share your feelings yeah and share the show and if you want to tip us at the show um though that link is in the show notes um and it would just be a cool thing to do because we do the show for free and we want to make merch and stuff for you guys yes we love doing this show so we'll do it anyway but yeah you know, we could be doing even more better yeah help us out um but thank you so much you can join us for uh next week we are doing episode 16 of season one and it is just titled home all right so that they're not giving a lot away with that one which does lead me to ask is ian does the power of madonna make you want to watch another episode of glee actually yes yeah totally nice yeah hell yeah <laughs>